I love sex. I love it so much. I want to have sex all the time. Like, you don't have to, don't have to be like that. Hello, and welcome to another episode of To Be Honest. My name is Kara. And my name is Amanda. Kara has like the biggest smile on her face right now. Like, I can't even see it behind the mic, but I can see it in your eyes, you know? It's because I'm thinking about sex. <laughs> no, that's not why. No, but this episode is about sex and relationships and that kind of general topic, all the things that come under that umbrella. Yeah. And we've both been really excited to do this for quite a while, um, but we've just kind of wanted the right time to do it because there's a lot to say. And honestly, we're not going to say it all in this episode. No, anyway. there's definitely no way we're going to be able to cover like everything, but I wholeheartedly agree. Like this episode, I've been so excited to record because I feel like you and I are definitely people who feel relatively empowered in our sexuality mm. and haven't always felt that way well personally I haven't always felt that way yeah I mean I wouldn't say that I've always felt empowered in my sexuality but I also think that I've always had quite a distinct kind of idea of my like sexual identity if that makes sense yeah and I guess on that note we should make a little disclaimer that obviously as two straight white cisgendered women who are monogamous. Am I missing anything? Monogamy? Yeah. Yeah, who are mostly monogamous, or at least at this point in our lives, we're monogamous. Yeah. This episode is going to be largely coloured by our own experiences. So, as always, we welcome and encourage any perspectives that you guys might have, um, whether you are like us or whether you um, fall into any other, you know, sexual orientation just to let you know this is why we're going to be very very straight (laughs) very straight in this episode very monogamous in this episode purely because unfortunately we've only had sex with men and that truly is unfortunate it is a disappointment (laughs) isn't it (laughs) anyway so i thought first up we could talk about virginity and how it's bullshit. <laughs> I'm just gonna, maybe I should start by saying that I lost my virginity when I was 22, and I'm gonna start that off by I'm gonna start off by saying that, yeah, because we had so many replies to our Instagram story where we asked questions for that for this episode. So many replies of people saying, and specifically girls saying, "I'm this age, or I'm in my 20s, and I haven't had sex." And I was like, "Huns, <laughs> you don't need to worry about that." So I'm gonna start it off by saying that, like. I'm 27 now. I had sex for the first time when I was 22. It isn't a thing when you have sex. I know that society does kind of put these pressures and these time frames on us. Yeah. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day. And so, and there are, and there are more people who haven't had sex by certain ages than you probably think there are. Yeah, so true. I think that a lot of people think that not many people haven't had sex like once they hit their like early to mid 20s but it's actually so common and I still know people who are like even in their 30s who haven't had sex yet and it's like it's not one of those things that like you need to do by a certain age and I know especially when you're in like your teenage years there is very much so a pressure to like lose your virginity Mm. but as I get older I realize how common it is for people to withhold from having sex for a longer period of time and I think it's also just important to understand that you know the way that I have always kind of looked at it is that most people could have sex if they wanted to have sex it's about finding someone whether you're in a relationship with them or not finding someone to have sex with for the first time who you feel comfortable and safe with yeah 
you feel respected around mm-hmm. to in some capacity. So I really think that the focus on age or the focus on like what it means if you don't lose your virginity. And by the way, every time I say virginity, I'm using air quotes because I think virginity is, like I said, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think it's really important to talk about the fact that the idea of virginity, even though it sounds quite woohoo to say like it's bullshit and it's a social construct, it literally is. Mm. The idea of virginity is literally used to shame people. Well, and I feel like also the idea of virginity is like penis entering vagina. Oh yes, it's very heteronormative. And like, I guess the only situation in which you might hear someone say like, oh, they lost their virginity or are you still a virgin? Besides with a straight person is probably with um, you know, two men. Mm. And I think it does have that connotation of a penis has to be involved. Oh my God, so true. And like, you know, if you're in a lesbian relationship or if you're bisexual and you had your first experience, first sexual experience with a woman, I think that there is far less idea of that being like losing your virginity. Yeah. So let's just Let's just have a moment to think about why a penis needs to be involved. Well, and you know what is also really interesting thinking about that is like before I lost my virginity, I was being so intimate with my boyfriend to the Mm. point that it was almost more intimate than the experience of like having sex of like penis entering vagina that it's like, wait, why was that losing my virginity? But the other stuff that I was doing before that, not when that could be deemed more intimate, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I feel like even the idea of virginity is bizarre because it's like, like we've said, it is so defined by penis. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently most things in life are defined by penis. And I just think that we should change that personally. (laughs) So I really think like, I just think mostly virginity is used as a tool to shame people because sex already has so much shame around it. Yeah. And And it's funny because you'd think that, you know, the pressure to have sex or to not have sex would end up in like, you know, you'd feel better about it once you make a decision. But that's just not the case because Mm. I think, like I said, the shame that's wrapped around sex just keeps spiraling as you get older and older and older. Yeah. And that is proven by all the messages we got from people of all ages and all walks of life in our, um, on our Instagram story. Something that I find really interesting to look back on as well is when I was in high school, I was one of the last people in my friendship group to lose my virginity or have sex for the first time. And it was like a thing, like people commented on the fact that I hadn't had sex before. And whenever I would like hook up with a guy, which I think in America, hookup means something entirely different to what it does in Australia. Like kissing. <laughs> in Australia, it's like yeah. fool around a little bit and kiss and stuff like that. Anyway, my point is it was like this thing that was like held against me and a lot of boys that I was like friends with in high school or would like see at parties in high school knew that I hadn't had sex before and it was almost like a challenge and it was just this bizarre... Ew. It was this bizarre, like, challenge, I feel, of people being like, oh, can we get her to lose her virginity to me, blah, blah, blah. And I was very much so when I was in high school, I was like, I don't want to have sex with someone until they're my boyfriend. I'm in a committed relationship with them. And that was, like, my decision. And yet there was this, like, this complete disrespect for that from, like, so many people that I knew. And it's just so fucking bizarre to look back on. But it is strange because it's, like, so so deeply disturbing that men or young men Mm. feel like 
virginity is like a property that can be taken. Oh my God, so true. And it's so funny because there are also some people who don't want to take a virginity because they have such a fear that if they take the virginity of someone that that person's going to get attached. That's such a deeply triggering thing that you just said to me. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize it until I got halfway through the sentence and I was like, oh fuck, I'm about to trigger her so hard right now. So triggered. But like on that note, when I lost my virginity... Mm. Someone said to me, and this was someone of the older generation, so, and I didn't take offense to it, let me just say that. Yeah. They literally said to me, like, he took your virginity, like, that's so special. I'm like, and I literally was like, no, no, he didn't take (laughs) anything from me. I had sex with him. Yes. What did he take from me? Yes. Nothing. Literally Literally nothing. nothing. (laughs) Like, it is this, it's this concept of like, it's something like a prize or, you know, mm. something physical that you can take because it's like when the woman doesn't have it anymore, like, oh, like she's different. And it's like, do you think I was even remotely different once I had sex? No. no. Oh I my was, goodness, no. No. It, 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 and that's, I think that's probably the biggest misconception is like a woman is like forever changed. But it's funny because a man's not forever changed, are they? No. It's only the woman. And this is why the gender dynamics of like sex and virginity mm. is really so uneven and so skewed and really quite sexist. It's because this social idea behind losing your virginity is just all the negative shit gets put on the girl yeah or the woman and all the positives get put on the man Mm. i don't know i just think (laughs) i just think it's so horrifying (laughs) but um when you lost your virginity did you feel good about it like did you feel like safe and like do you regret it at all like do you what, what were your thoughts around it honestly losing my virginity was a great time i lost my virginity when i was 18 to my boyfriend at the time and it was a very very safe consensual enjoyable experience but I don't really think it was like the most amazing moment of my entire life like (laughs) (laughs) having sex for the first time is never going to be the most enjoyable experience of your life because you're probably gonna have sex again at some point well I think (laughs) well yeah I think it's also like particularly I mean maybe some people have had sex for the first time and it's been like the most mind-blowing incredible moment maybe but I think for the most part it's not for a lot of people because when you first have sex you don't know what you like about sex you're not sure what you're into you don't know you know what you're really doing because it's Mm. the first time and and like even for me like I have always said that even though I didn't have sex until I was 22 I was still a sexual being before that I still Mm. masturbated I still you know had a lot to say on like sexuality and I was still very comfortable with my sexuality I just hadn't chosen to have sex yet and even I in that situation because you know it's very different you know masturbating and having sex is two completely different things Mm. so it's a learning experience so it makes complete sense that the first time you have sex is not going to be the best the best (laughs) thing um unless you're incredible i'd love to hear from someone who says the first time they had sex was a fully fully enjoyable experience if that's you if you're listening right now and that's you please dm us because i would love to hear about it and we need details oh we need details (laughs) (laughs) so you had sex for the first time when you were in a relationship yes Two days after he asked me to be his girlfriend. Let me just put that out there. (laughs) Um, That's really interesting because I think that's something that a lot of people will assume you should do. Like when you're in a relationship, that's when you should have sex for the first time. Mm. I, on the other hand, had sex for the first time 
not with anyone I was in a relationship with. Our sexual experiences truly are just like quite different besides the fact that we're both straight and monogamous. Mm. I mean... I think I'm monogamous, but I also haven't been in a relationship. So yeah. who's, who's really to know? Yeah, who's really to know? <laughs> but yeah, I think we have quite different experiences, which is pretty cool. And like, I feel like look, for me, looking back on like losing my virginity and stuff, like I'm stoked with how it went and whatever. But now, like almost 10 years on, I'm like, I don't really know if losing my virginity that way versus losing my virginity out of a relationship would really have been that big of a difference in terms of my sexual empowerment and things like that. Like I don't really feel like it was like a defining moment. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that it really just comes down to the person. Like mm. obviously if I happened to be in a relationship, I probably would have lost my virginity to the person I was in a relationship with. But it just so happened that that wasn't the case. And I did have sex for the first time with someone who I really trusted and who I'm still friends with. Mm. So, yeah, it's just a personal preference, I guess. Like, yeah. And there's no one that's better than another. Like having sex outside of a relationship for the first time versus having sex in a relationship literally doesn't matter. As long as you, have a, you enjoy it to an extent and yeah. you feel safe and comfortable, that's literally all that matters. And the most important thing when it comes to having sex for the first time and having sex in general is that it is a safe, comfortable, consensual experience. That is the main thing. So try and focus on that rather than age or if you're in a relationship or any of that kind of stuff. So... Maybe we should now talk about how to feel comfortable having sex Mm. because I know this is something that you've felt kind of in the past few years, like recently, and we talked about that at length. Yeah. Um, And a lot of people, again, in our comments mentioned this, like, you know, how do I feel empowered and comfortable and sexy and stuff like that? Mm. Um, And I think especially for women who are taught to be insecure, Mm -hmm. it's very hard. Oh, absolutely. And genuinely for years of my life, I didn't want to have sex with the lights on. I didn't feel empowered to ask for what I wanted. I, spoiler alert, didn't feel empowered enough to have an orgasm until I was 25 Mm. and I'm 27 now. And I do think that it is quite common for people, especially women to feel this way and I felt this way for a really long time but the good news is I don't feel that way anymore Mm, that is the good news (laughs) so I think for me the biggest piece of advice I can give you is to make this conscious decision this is from my personal experience I made this decision of I am going to work on how I feel about myself and how I feel about myself when I'm having sex or having sexual experiences because I knew that I didn't feel empowered and I consciously decided to start having conversations about it. So literally, Kara was one of the first people (laughs) that I talked to about having an orgasm because I hadn't had one before and... Let me just clarify. Hadn't had one... in Like sexually, in having sex and also hadn't had one... On your own masturbation-wise. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to clarify that. Okay. <laughs> because I think it's an important clarification to make. It is an important clarification. So, yeah, essentially I started consciously having conversations with my friends, but then also started consciously having conversations with men that I was having sex with. Love that. Love that. Here's the thing. Once again, it comes back to communication. <laughs> Everything wow. we ever say comes back to communication. Everyone's like, 
sing a different fucking song (laughs) but it's true it is true so I actually started having this really beautiful experience where I started having sex with someone who was very very communicative towards me and I definitely feel like this was a huge blessing for me because he was very open and communicative when he was having sex and therefore it gave me the space to be that way and that just continued when I started to have more sexual partners I felt empowered enough to talk about how I was feeling talk about the vulnerability that I had talk about the insecurity that I had and work through that together with the sexual partner that I was having yeah and I think it's important to know that once you begin talking to a partner or talking to the people that you're interested in about like what you enjoy in the bedroom and um, what you want them to do when you're being intimate it also kind of down the track allows you to attract the people who are open to that kind of communication 100% and I think there's this really huge kind of like attitude towards having those types of conversations it's like cringy and awkward and like I guess maybe it it seems like it takes the sexiness away from sex like because you don't want to there's this thing of like I don't want to have to ask what I ask what I want I want you to give me what I want but Mm. the truth is is that everyone or most people have such different sexual preferences when it comes to what they like what they don't like and if you meet someone and they have only been with someone else who thinks that you know x makes a great sex life Mm. but you think y does they're not going to know unless you talk to them about it yeah and i think it's important to to say that like it doesn't have to be like sitting down at a table like a business meeting being like so i really like it when you do this this and this and this and this and Mm -hmm. it's like no like you can you can just have like a very casual conversation. You can talk about it in the bedroom. Like if you, if it's not that like big of a deal, anything that makes you feel comfortable and that you think the person would be, you know, receptive to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Something that I definitely recommend doing is if you do have a sexual partner at the moment that you are regularly having sex with, take note of what you enjoy when you're having sex with them. And it can just be something afterwards that you make a comment about. Like, I really like it when you did this. And trust me, they will remember (laughs) what you said. Think about how you would feel if your sexual partner told you what they enjoyed. You would definitely store that and remember to do it the next time. Positive, positive reinforcement. Positive reinforcement, honestly. (laughs) There's nothing better. Like, it's, it really is like one of those things where it's like you, I mean, obviously, like, if you do really dislike something, say it. Mm. But focusing on what you do like is also really powerful because then that person's probably going to do it more because most people, when it comes to sex, really want to please their partner yeah. at least in some capacity absolutely <laughs> Kara's not... rolling her eyes like most people most people are like some fucking assholes don't but you know <laughs> yeah so I think that's really important to be able to feel that you can express what you want and what you need yeah from a sexual partner and that also obviously with it goes without saying comes down to being with someone who allows you to express that and who listens to you mm. and who understands that sex is a give and take situation it is not a one-way street it's not designed for like for example the man to mm. get pleasure and for the woman to just sit there and take it like <laughs> as much as we're often like kind of like told that i guess it's not true yeah i mean we're talking about the other day with our friends that in sex education in school we were never ever taught about female pleasure oh i literally like i'm <laughs> 
I am not even joking when I say that I didn't have an orgasm until 25. I didn't have an orgasm until 25 because I didn't fully comprehend what a female orgasm was. No, I need you to say what you told me the other day, which I was absolutely astounded by. <laughs> can, I, can, I say it? can I say it? You can say it. Ducky didn't know what the clitoris was. Like I knew what it was, but I didn't understand the pleasure that came from it. Yes. So you didn't understand why the clitoris was important to sexual arousal and sexual experiences mm. until what age? 25. 25. And that's, it's fine. It, there's no shame in it, but it's just, I think, such a testament to the fact that you were having sex before that. Mm. Like obviously it was with partners and you weren't as empowered, like you were saying, and you didn't know what you liked as much, but the fact it's just horrifying to me that you had several sexual partners before that and you still didn't know mm. not to mention you went to school and you still didn't know yeah <laughs> like anyway it's just i think it's just that's kind of like the perfect example of how female pleasure is just overlooked and also the perfect example of the fact that i feel no shame in talking about the fact that i didn't have an orgasm until 25 and that i didn't know the arousal that can come from the clit until I was 25. I used to feel a lot of shame talking about sex in this capacity in general and now I'm talking about it on a podcast. podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the thing. I think that once again, when we try and remove the shame from being a sexual empowered woman, it is a lot easier to be a sexual empowered woman and not to be all woohoo, but if we're talking like manifesting and the energy you put out is the energy you receive, ever since I started embracing my sexuality and embracing feeling empowered and being a sexual person, I, for the most part, have attracted sexual partners who also feel empowered in themselves and also ensure to make me feel empowered as well. It's one of those difficult topics because obviously there are many reasons why, especially women don't feel they feel disempowered Mm. about sex like we have mentioned already like there's so many social issues that go on and so many standards and judgments that are kind of around sex especially when you're a woman Mm -hmm. so it makes complete sense that so many people don't find this empowerment in their lives sometimes ever or at least you know a bit later in life but at the same time, I do think that it's important to reiterate that being feeling empowered and that, and and that doesn't even mean like you know being like I love sex, I love it so much, I want to have sex all the time. Like you don't have to you don't have to be like that. No, it just means not being ashamed and being completely comfortable with the fact that you have sexual needs and that you enjoy sex, whether yeah. it's with one person or with anyone you meet that you are attracted to, no matter what. Like no matter what your sexual preferences and desires are that is okay Mm. and there's no shame around it and you should you deserve to feel confident about that yeah I feel like from there we should definitely move on to your favorite topic which (laughs) is masturbation which I'm gonna let Kara Aridi take the reins for this one because she's definitely more knowledgeable than I am it's funny because I literally was looking at my notes and being like okay I'm gonna move on to the masturbation topic (laughs) you already brought it up personally I think that if we're talking about a good way to understand what you enjoy in the bedroom and what, you know, turns you on and stuff like that. I think that masturbation is a great tool Mm. to figure that out. I understand that not everyone enjoys masturbating. And again, there are many different factors that come into that. I think a lot of women have this um, anxiety and like inherent shame that Mm -hmm. surrounds masturbation that stops them from enjoying it. 
and that's completely valid. But also some people just genuinely don't enjoy it as much. And like, that's obviously completely fine. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not here to tell anyone what they should or shouldn't enjoy. Yeah. But I do think that if you are feeling, you know, sexually disempowered or um, unsure of what you like and you haven't tried masturbating and you don't know if you like it or not, I think that you should try it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think there's anything, any reason why you shouldn't. If you try masturbating 10 times and you hate it, you never have to do it again. Exactly. Like, there's literally (laughs) no downside. In fact, there's just plenty of upsides. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and, like, I, I think that, again, when it comes to, like, feeling confident and empowered, like, there's a lot of shame around masturbation, but there really shouldn't be. Like, it's pleasure. It's And it's also the fact that you don't need to have a partner in order to have sexual pleasure. Mm -hmm. And when I say that I was a sexual being before I had sex, that's what I mean. Like I have always been very open about the fact that I enjoy masturbation and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm. And I encourage anyone to (laughs) to try masturbation because I really just don't think that there's any reason to be ashamed of it. Mm. And yeah, I... I think that it's the best way to figure out what you enjoy in the bedroom because obviously there's, when you have someone with you, there's a different element to the sexual experience. But if you know like when you're by yourself and when you're masturbating that you enjoy a certain type of touching or a certain type of pressure or something turns you on, you can then take that to your future sexual partners and be like, hey, like I like this. And then you can go from there. Absolutely. And I think – on the other hand, it's also a really great way to feel sexy and sexual and to feel more comfortable with your body because mm-hmm. feeling uncomfortable in your body is something that a lot of people and, again, a lot of women really struggle with when they are in a sexual partnership mm-hmm. and that can stop them from enjoying sex yeah. because you're thinking, oh, you know, what does my belly look like or what do I look like on top and stuff like that, like when really you should just be having enjoying enjoying sex. Yeah. Like, and I think that masturbating can really help you to become more in tune and I guess comfortable with that whole experience. Yeah. I also think that it's really essential that we note that when when you are with someone – your pleasure is just as important as theirs. Oh, I like to look at this from like my point of view, right? In terms of how I feel when I'm being intimate with someone, which is I really want the person that I am having sex with to be enjoying themselves and having a great time and their pleasure is a priority for me. In saying that, my pleasure should also be a priority for them and if not, it's a no. I could not agree more. I could not agree more. An uneven sexual experience is just not something that I think that anyone should partake in, yeah. no matter what gender you are. Mm-hmm. And again, going back, I know we keep going back to this, but women are oftentimes, you know, to- told to like, you know, fake an orgasm if you're not having one. Like, you know, it's kind of more, it's, it's an unspoken thing, but it is more centered on the male experience. Mm-hmm. And... Once again, that leads back into all the shame and guilt that surrounds female sexuality. Tying it in with how to communicate with your partner about what you like, you need to understand that like to to really genuinely enjoy sex and to feel that intimacy and to have that closeness with someone, whether it's a partner, whether it's someone casually, you also need to enjoy it. Yeah. And also just like how horrifying is it to think about the fact that some people 
have sex with people who aren't enjoying themselves. Yeah. That's horrifying to me. Yeah. If I found out that someone that I was sleeping with actually was just kind of like, okay, this is, this is okay. I'd be like, I'd be horrified. Absolutely not. And yeah, this is something that a lot of people kind of just deal with. Mm hmm. Whether it's because they feel like they need to from their partner or because they're just too afraid to, I guess, speak up and say, hey, like, this is what I want you to do or like, this isn't working for me. Well, and I mean, I think even just down to the lack of sex education, I mean, for me personally, and I think in Australia in general, there is a lack of sex education and female pleasure has never really been a thing. That's never been a priority to teach women that your pleasure is just as important as a man's. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So in general with sex, do you feel like you have any, I guess, opinions or advice on how to know when you feel ready to have sex with someone for the first time? As in not having sex for the first time, having sex with someone new for the first time. Yes. I I do have opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I kind of – I fall into the camp of someone who – cannot be super easy like I'm not someone who can just easily have sex with someone else because I really do need to feel really safe and really comfortable and obviously that's not to say that people ever want to feel unsafe I more mean that it takes a lot for me to feel safe with someone right I need to feel like I really trust them and that isn't something that you know I've, I've never been that person not that there's anything wrong with this I've never been that person that can go to a club and go home with a guy because for me that's just like not enough to build up the sense of comfort that I need yeah so for me I think the things that I make sure that I feel is like complete complete comfort Mm -hmm. and that I am being myself Mm -hmm. and that I'm not doing it for any reason except for the fact that like I want to if that makes sense yeah I'm not feeling pressured or um like I should do Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. I feel like I want to do it and I feel like in saying that there still can be feelings of like nervousness and anxiousness because it's completely natural it's just more the fact of do I feel safe and comfortable with this person and regardless of the nervous energy am I doing this for my own benefit yeah and I think it does come down sometimes to some intuition because obviously anxiety can often disguise itself as something it's not Mm -hmm. so you obviously don't want to mistake your anxiety for just some butterflies or just some nerves because if something's not right you shouldn't do it yeah but you also don't want to not go after sexual experiences because you have that anxiety and you think it's wrong Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah a hundred percent so i think it is really trusting that intuition trusting your um i guess your thought process around it yeah because obviously sex is like a really emotional thing Mm -hmm. but you also i think it's really helpful to have like a more of a logical rational approach to it if if you are thinking about whether you're ready to have sex with someone yeah and i think in saying that like everyone is entirely different so cara and i can talk about our own experiences and like how we feel ready to have sex with someone but everyone is going to be entirely different and every person that you have sex with is going to be entirely different like for me personally I have hung out with someone for the first time and had sex with them that night and then I've had other experiences where I date someone for a couple of months and then I have sex with them and both are completely valid ways to go about things and any way that you want to go about things as long as you are safe and consensual and comfortable 
is completely fine. Okay, so moving on to unprofessional opinions and I have picked out all of our unprofessional opinions for today. So Kara is going to get a little bit of a shot. I love when I go in blind. <laughs> We've sort of already covered this first question a little bit, but I think it would be good to go into more detail. And it is, how do I start talking about what I like sexually with my partner for the first time? And we can probably very quickly cover this with the communication side of things. Do you agree? Yeah, like communication is key. Like, But also I think what I have done in the past without getting in, going into too much detail is like <laughs> I literally would just like gently like guide someone's hand there and stuff like that. Mm. Or like just say like I like this or can you do this? And it doesn't have to be like an order. Yeah. I mean, unless they're into that, then it can be an order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next one is kind of a little bit of a double question. This is more of a relationship question mm, which is <laughs> which is how do you discover what you want in a relationship and then the follow-up question to that is what do we look for in a partner oh okay well for the first one I think that we did cover this quite a lot in our episode with Bonnie and Em our friends on being single and loving being single and stuff like that so obviously you can know what you want in, rela- in a relationship by being in relationships. And actually that's what, how most people discover it. Yeah. I personally have figured out what I want by watching my friends have relationships. <laughs> um, and just by really understanding myself and like knowing myself. Like yeah. I really feel like I have a really great understanding of who I am. And even though I haven't had a lot of um, dating experience it still has led me to understanding what I need, what I want, what would fulfill me and what would make me happy. Mm. So I think it really comes down to knowing yourself and taking the time to know yourself, whether that's um, away from relationships. Like if you're someone who's been in relationships a lot over and over and over, like kind of consistently, I know a lot of people find that they don't really know who they are or they Mm. at least don't know what they want because they're not purposefully seeking a relationship, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, what do you what do you think about that? I definitely agree. I feel like it's really about knowing yourself to then know what you want in a relationship and knowing yourself is going to change over time as well because so true. especially like when you're going through the stages from like 18 to like 40, for example. I feel like there's a lot of growth and change and like societally there's a lot of pressure and things like that. So things tend to change in that time frame and I'm sure that they will continue for the rest of our life if we're still making this podcast when we're 50 <laughs> then I will report back I gotta imagine what episode number did that even be <laughs> <laughs> ridiculously high but yeah I definitely think it's about knowing yourself and knowing what you love about yourself as well because like for me personally I feel like it's really beneficial and I did this maybe a year and a half ago I wrote down what I'm looking for in a relationship what I want in a relationship and I looked at that and I went okay these are things that I want from someone else but I don't even give them to myself yet yeah and I think that's really important to note as well is that okay if you're looking for all of these things outside of yourself then try finding them inside of yourself first and then you know Mm -hmm. things will come in time yeah Yeah. it's a great point so what so what do you look for um okay so (laughs) as Kara knows and as many of our friends listening to this will know I do not have a type in any capacity Hmm. because in terms of like a physical type I have dated 
a variety of people and I'm physically attracted to a variety of people. But the main things that I think I look for in someone, especially now, is I really love someone who is creative and charismatic and outgoing. I really love someone who loves the outdoors and just loves getting out and about and is adventurous, I suppose. And for the most part, I really love someone who is funny, is Mm. kind and is communicative. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? It's funny because I feel like I haven't properly thought about this, which is kind of indicative of the fact that I really don't give a fuck that I'm single. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But definitely the communication. Mm. I am a very communicative person Mm. and I think that, as we always talk about, I think that open communication is one of the best things you can have in a friendship or relationship. Mm -hmm. So definitely that. Um, I also, I think I mentioned this in our episode with Bonnie and Em, I want to be with someone who gets along well with my friends Mm -hmm. because my friend my friendships are such a huge part of my life and it's kind of like I guess how people say like I want someone to love my family obviously I want my my future partner to really get along with my family too Mm. but for me my friendships are kind of like the crux of my life Mm -hmm. if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so if I had like my ideal partner, it would be someone who could hang out with my friends and I and have it not be like a like a boyfriend hanging along. Yeah. It'd be like an actual fr- part of the friend group, if that makes sense. A hundred percent. I've also been thinking, I've thought of it a little bit lately, like I really want someone who I can just have so much fun with, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. And I feel like that is kind of an obvious thing to say. But again, I look to my friendships. I look to like me and you, Ducky, mm. like, you know, how we can just be at home doing the most ridiculous stupid boring ship and yet Mm -hmm. we're still having fun and joking around and it's just so enjoyable to spend time with someone who can make the most simple things fun yeah and I again I feel like I have that with most of my close friendships or all of my close friendships so I definitely would look for that in a partner as well yeah and as for like I guess I don't really mind about like like going what you said I don't really mind about the creative part obviously I am a creative person but um I've not really ever thought about that. But once again, this is all colored by the fact that I haven't been in a relationship. So maybe I'll meet someone who's all like the opposite of what I just said. And yeah. like, I'll be like, oh, no, get away from me. Okay. So the next question is how to not get overly attached quickly, especially when sex is involved. And I have a lot of opinions on this because mm, okay. a reminder that there is no shame in being someone who gets overly attached quickly when sex is involved I feel like again there's this whole thing of like oh women get so attached when they have sex with someone and blah blah it literally can be so dependent on the person you're having sex with first of all second of all everyone is different just because for example Kara could have sex with someone and not get attached to them and then I could have sex with them and get attached literally first time I ever have sex with them and it also can change based on where you are in your life what you're going through like if we're talking about an emotional attachment like you know where you sleep with someone and then you feel like you know you want more than just sex or whatever it is Mm -hmm. like you might do that because you're feeling you know um sad in other areas of your life or lonely like and I think that actually is really important to identify because the last thing you want is to feel emotionally attached to someone simply because you know you're lacking in another area because unfortunately we all go through moments like that where we're feeling a little bit low or down or 
lonely and stuff like that. Mm. And just because you like someone in those moments doesn't mean that they're good enough for mm-hmm. you or that you're right for each other. Yeah. So, yeah, like Ducky said, there's definitely no shame in it. No. Um, and I also don't know if you can protect yourself against it, if that makes sense. I think the only way to protect yourself against it is to acknowledge how you're feeling mm. and be conscious of the decisions that you're making. For example, <laughs> I was literally casually having sex with a guy for 10 months mm. because I got super attached to him really quickly. I didn't communicate what I wanted and I was doing it out of loneliness, honestly, and out of habit, I suppose. And I learned a really good lesson in that, which is that at the beginning, I will now choose to communicate what it is that I'm looking for if I'm going to mm. be intimate with someone There is no shame in being someone who gets overly attached and being someone who just say like I met a guy and I wanted to have casual sex with him, right? But I wanted him to only be having casual sex with me and that if he wanted to have sex with someone else, he just needs to tell me. Which is entirely your prerogative. Which is obviously so fine and all I need to do is communicate that with the person. There is no shame and I've talked to my friend about this recently sometimes you're just not in a space in your life or you're just not the kind of person who can have sex without getting attached that's fine people of all genders feel this way as well it's not just women yeah and i think if we're talking about you know words that we use every episode probably (laughs) it's also about putting up knowing your boundaries with yourself yes because like you just said if you're not aware of what you're feeling or even what your patterns are. Mm. And unfortunately with a pattern, you often, often don't know it's a pattern until you've done it like twice or three or four or five or six or seven times. <laughs> but, you know, like if you are aware of these things, then you can begin to understand what it is you need. Yeah. So, for example, maybe that is, okay, um, I can have casual sex, but sometimes I have sex with someone and I feel this way. And when I feel that way, that makes me snowball into like emotional attachment Mm -hmm. and that's not good for me. So maybe if you're like that, for example, you can put up this boundary of like when you, if when you feel that you have a conversation with the person you're with yeah, and if they can't give you what you need or what you, you know, want from that situation, you end it. Yeah. And obviously that's not a nice thing to think about because especially whether it's, a casual relationship or actual, you know, monogamous relationship or whatever, everything in between. Mm. It's not nice to think about ending it. Um, Because we do get a lot of validation and a lot of, um, I guess, confidence sometimes from our relationships. But putting up that that boundary is really important because that means you know yourself and then you know your limits, I guess. Yeah, and I think it's important to remind yourself that setting boundaries in all relationships, but especially romantic relationships, is an act of self-love. And I had this really present moment for me that I think I'll remember for a really long time where I had fallen back into this pattern, right, of starting to see someone casually that I was thinking was going to turn into a committed monogamous relationship and they weren't thinking the same. And I actually caught myself in this pattern and I just had this gut feeling one day and I literally just said to this person that I was having sex with, I said, hey, I just need to let you know that like I'm looking for a committed romantic relationship and if you're not looking for that, 
I want you to let me know. And he turned around and said, I don't believe in monogamy. So (laughs) (laughs) that is when I learned that I personally am monogamous. That you personally believe in monogamy. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that that's something really important for that I took from it, but I hope that other people can take from it. That is setting that boundary was such an act of self-love for me, because even though it was like a confronting conversation to have, and I felt a little bit embarrassed, I suppose, that I had fallen into the same pattern. I consciously broke the pattern that I had been repeating for like almost two years. Yeah, completely. And it's, and you followed your instinct. You followed your, you know, what you needed in that moment. Mm. Like you, you realize, oh, I should just ask them this thing. And you did that. You took that risk of obviously you wanted them to mm. say, oh yeah, like let's date. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm interested in this too. Like, let's see what happens. But it's also facing that fear of them saying no well like I don't want that yeah and then being able to again honor what you need to do in that moment yeah and like honoring yourself and honoring the way that you feel and not making any apologies for that because once again I feel like a lot of people feel shame for wanting a committed relationship because we live in a society where sex is so accessible Mm -hmm. that there are a lot of people I would say that the majority of people would be in casual romantic relationships, at least in our age bracket. Would you feel the same? I mean, I think I don't. It's one of those things where I don't know if it's like our bubble of people that we know. True, but I do think a lot of people in our age bracket, especially as sex is becoming, like you said, more like casual relationships are becoming more accessible, and I guess to a degree, sex is becoming less taboo, mm. and casual sex is becoming less taboo. I do think you're right in saying that more people are having casual relationships at some point in their life. Yeah, absolutely, and I feel like more people are open about wanting a casual relationship yes. as opposed to wanting a committed relationship, which is totally fine and if someone wants to be in a casual relationship that's great for them but acknowledge the fact that just because someone else that you're having sex with wants a casual relationship doesn't mean that you have to be okay with having a casual relationship exactly and the sooner that you identify what you want and you communicate what you want if the answer is is the one that that you're looking for fantastic Mm. but if it's not then you can save yourself from potentially getting a lot more hurt down the track yeah and yeah just you just kind of empower yourself to go after what you want rather than staying in a situation that's not going to give you what you want. Yeah. Okay, our next unprofessional opinion is, do you think humans are meant to be monogamous? (laughs) Do you want to start with this one? I mean, I'll just start with like a bit of background in the sense that I personally identify as monogamous, but I have been in relationships with people who identify as polyamorous. That's how I learned that I'm monogamous. (laughs) And... Kara and I were actually talking about this the other day and saying that biologically the human race are probably designed to be polyamorous but in like today's society I think that it feels more comfortable to be monogamous. Yeah and obviously that's not to say that everyone should be monogamous like we're not saying that like across the board everyone is like anyone who's who's anything but is kidding themselves that's not what we're saying. No. But I do agree in that I think, I think what it comes down to, at least in the people I know who have, you know, explored open relationships or who have been in polyamorous relationships, mm. you have to have quite a lot of self-awareness and not to mention communication skills. Yeah. Because in situations when 
you are, you know, not monogamous, it, it can be quite easy to, for the, like the lines to blur and for, you know, different kind of emotions to get involved that can end up really toxic and really bad. Yeah. So I think that, and unfortunately, my opinion is that probably most people aren't self-aware enough and aren't able to handle that level of communication and that level of just complete honesty and like, in order to be monogamous. I mean, polyamorous. Yeah, I completely agree because like I am self-aware enough to know that I personally couldn't be in a polyamorous relationship, but I am not self-aware enough to be in a polyamorous relationship. You yes. know what I mean? Like I've actually met a lot of polyamorous people since moving to the Gold Coast and fucking power to them, honestly, because they are really, really great communicators most of the time and just have the ability and this like unique freedom about them, which I think is really, really awesome. Okay, and our final unprofessional opinion is what do I do when the person I have a crush on has a partner? My initial thought is you do nothing. Yes. <laughs> like it is a hard situation because unfortunately the heart wants what it wants but at the same time you do need to respect the fact that if someone's with someone else mm. they're with someone else yeah and I think that you're almost doing a disservice to yourself if you try and pursue it coming from my personal experience of being someone that has a been cheated on and b has been this person that kind of felt like the chick on the side Mm. i promise you that in both of those situations i felt equally as bad and i think that's really important to remember is that it is very very tempting especially if the person that you has a crush on you have a crush on who is in a committed relationship with someone else is showing interest in you Again, ego. Like, no matter how Mm. self-aware we are, we still have ego inside of us and it is quite hard to not fall into the external validation and that's completely fine. But I think that you need to remember, like, first of all, do you want to be in a relationship or be involved with someone who would do that to someone else? And second of all, do you want to do that to yourself and be that person I guess yeah and I think there's obviously a million different situations or different ways that this can happen like sometimes people do meet people while they're in a relationship Mm -hmm. that they really like and that's something that just happens Mm -hmm. and that can often spell the end of the relationship and obviously that's not a nice thing to think about but that isn't that is a reality and it's not necessarily good or bad it just kind of is what it is yeah but like you just said the issue comes with being in a relationship and you know whether it's emotionally exploring something else or just flirting or just being inappropriate and yeah I think this person's question I think the answer is you do nothing Mm -hmm. and if you feel like it's crossing a line you need to ask yourself like would I enjoy this in a relationship um or or like would I be okay with this if I was the person they're dating yeah and if the answer is no then you probably shouldn't be doing it if you have if you need any like clarification like because obviously like we we're just talking about people some people are in open relationships mm-hmm. you can always just say hey like what are you and your partner like what, what's your deal like yeah uh are you monogamous because i'm getting these vibes from you and like unfortunately you probably will mostly find that that's not the case yeah like, they probably shouldn't be flirting with you or whatever mm-hmm. but i do think it's important to again set that boundary and to understand that 
it's not your place to convince someone who has a partner that they shouldn't yeah or to or to try and explore that those feelings of yours if they are in a relationship and i think it's important to remember no matter how harsh this may sound this is a harsh reality that i've accepted for myself as well is that if the person you have a crush on didn't want to be with their partner and wanted to be with you more they would be with you they would be with you or you would at least know about it. Yeah. And I think that that's something that is really, really hard. But you need to remember that the person that you may have a crush on also has a responsibility and needs to do themselves good as well. And in my personal opinion, it is up to the person who is in the relationship to make the call and not you. I completely agree. Yes. Yeah. Is that your last question? That's my last question for you, huh? Wow, what a hot take to end on. <laughs> Actually, people were asking a lot of questions about uh, cheating and saying that we need to do a whole episode on, which I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, I the thing the thing that I am really interested in is for these like really quite detail oriented or really intricate kind of episodes. I'd love to get people on to talk to about who's like a third party who we can kind of like talk to about like their experiences whether it's like their experience with something we're talking about or if they're an expert on it mm. or if they work in a field like I don't know what field you'd work in if you were cheating maybe like a marriage counsellor yeah that would be so tea maybe we should get one of my exes that cheated on me on. <laughs> <laughs> like you know that I'd be down for that but I don't think they would be would down be for down. sitting in a room with me <laughs> it would just be me grilling them for like an hour yeah um but yeah like if as always like if you guys have any suggestions for people you want on this podcast like or if you have any topic suggestions even if it's just like a little tiny slice of a topic that we mentioned in an episode yeah let us know if you want a full full episode on it because we are always down to give the people what they want oh absolutely (laughs) um yeah but i hope you enjoyed this episode it was actually one of my favorites to record like obviously we were looking forward to it a lot but i Mm. feel like this is just a topic that I love so much because when I was younger this is the type of podcast episode that I wish I had had to listen to yeah and I think what we should end on is the fact that no matter what your sexuality no matter what your gender no matter what you're experiencing in the realm of sex and relationships Mm. your feelings are valid Mm -hmm. and your wants and needs are completely 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 valid yeah yeah so there's nothing to be ashamed of when it comes to sex and relationships no matter how old you are and how much experience or how little experience you have. Yeah. I think that's kind of like the moral of the episode. Yeah, pretty is much. That you're fine the way you are and uh-huh. fuck anyone who thinks otherwise. Absolutely, <laughs> but don't actually fuck them. Oh, no, figuratively fuck <laughs> them, you know? <laughs> but as always, guys, if you liked this episode, we would love it if you could subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or on any other place where you listen to podcasts, as well as leave us a review if you can mm. on Apple Podcasts because that really helps us out yes and as always you can find us on instagram at tbh.pod you can find cara on instagram at cara r reedy don't forget the r in the middle and you can find me on instagram at amanda ducks thank you so much for being here and so much for listening to today's episode this is actually going to be our last episode for the year right yes i remember how i said that a couple of episodes ago and you were like hun we've got two two more episodes yeah (laughs) (laughs) so we hope you have a very beautiful and safe new year and 
Yeah. Thanks for being here and supporting our 2020 podcast venture. It has been so much fun and we are looking forward to making more episodes in 2021. Yeah. Let's see what 2021 brings. It's so exciting. It is exciting. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. Bye. Bye. Go and masturbate. (laughs) 